Welcome in everyone to the 20 for 20 podcast. This week it's just me, Jackson, because Eric, Christian, and Jason are all traveling home for the holidays. So we just, on behalf of all of them, like to wish you all a very happy Thanksgiving. Hope you get to spend some time with family, loved ones, enjoy the break, maybe watch some football. And so uh, initially we were maybe going to take off this week, but decided that because it was week 11, only one week left in the regular season, we'd toss together some compelling statistics and let you all know just what needs to happen to make sure your teams, your fans, uh, make sure they know what's up and what you need to do in order to get into the playoffs. So it'll be a shorter episode, but we'll still try and touch on everything that we can. So without further ado, we'll jump right into the week 11 recap. I know that uh, there was one episode a couple of weeks ago where it was just Christian talking, but there were large periods and breaks of time where we're trying to provide you with an immersive experience where you kind of got to give an answer and recall with uh, an actual host of the 20 for 20 podcast, Christian himself. Uh, That isn't the case this time around. Hopefully I will be filling any of those voids, but and hopefully I'll I'll try my best to to be the host, but really Christian does such a phenomenal job. Uh, He really is irreplaceable, so don't tell him that he'll probably ask for a a contract booster extension, Um, but we got to keep him thinking that he's just one part of the team, but he really does do it all. He's actually uh, joined a comedy troupe in uh, Chicago. He's part of some class. I don't know all the details, but he's really making so if you ever wanted to hear his uh, his stand-up comedy, um, go ahead and ask him. He's pretty good. So without that, without further ado, then we'll jump right into the week 11 recap. And boy, oh boy, did we have some great games, man. uh, First and foremost, the one that really came down to an absolute nail biter was Jacob versus Michael. Jacob pulling it out with a final score of 59.38 to 59.12. It looked for a little bit like Jacob uh, may actually secured by two or three points, but after even I went to sleep and about eight minutes left in the fourth quarter, it looks like Leonard Fournette, the only player remaining, lost a couple of points and uh, actually ended up making this a lot closer than it seems. So this game had huge playoff implications in conference two, uh, especially for division four. And so Michael barely misses out. Uh, not a game for quarterback play. That is for sure. Jacob started, is it Tim Boyle? I don't know. Yeah, Tim Boyle scored negative 0.92 points. Michael scored 2.2 points through Matt Ryan. Not, not, not a big game for the offenses here. So ultimately for Jacob, it was Travis Kelsey and Leonard Fournette that got the job done, uh, beat out Joe Mixon's top performance from Michael. And so Jacob will improve to nine and two on the year. Michael falls to four and seven. He's in danger of missing the playoffs. So other big games this week, um, really across the board, it was a low scoring week. A lot of offenses struggled. There were some games that were just absolutely atrocious weather, like the Tennessee-Houston game, just an absolute downpour. Uh, but there really just were a couple of players that absolutely broke out, one of them being Jonathan Taylor. Congratulations to Jason. He is now officially set the single season scoring record. Now, mind you, this is only the second season of half point PPR scoring. So some scoring is going to be inflated. He's not here to defend himself. He can do that next week. But the reality is, is that his score wouldn't be as high if there wasn't half points per half point per reception. And keep in mind, this is the first year. It's an 18 week season, a 17 game season. Take that into consideration. Maybe this, maybe the scoring record goes down with an asterisk on it. But, uh, Jason absolutely obliterated Blake this week, 152 to 40. 
Uh, it might be the largest win ever in league history. We'll have to fact check that. But Blake, uh, he's going to be a playoff competitor. He could be a top four team with a bye to that to that week uh, 14 round. And so this is definitely concerning for any team in conference one looking at having to go up and face Jason. But really this 152 point performance is on the heels of Jonathan Taylor scoring five touchdowns and 51.9 points. That's the second highest individual point total ever in league history. Just an absolutely incredible score. Uh, considering it came against Buffalo, a team that most people would say has one of the best defenses in the league historically on the season. They've had the best defense in the league, number one or number two each week, and they just got thrashed by Jonathan Taylor. And then the other running back to really make uh, a name for himself this week, obviously, He's a, he's a household name already, but that's Austin Eckler for Hunter, scoring 38.5 points. And in a game that looked like Tom probably had it in the bag and he only needed a mediocre performance from Ben Roethlisberger, he got a great performance from Ben Roethlisberger. He scored 23 points on Sunday night football. But Austin Eckler with 38, and uh, it was Mike Williams with 18. So Hunter's two Sunday night players combining for 56 points uh, more than enough to propel him into a 15-point victory over Tom. And big implications is this knocked Tom out of, he was tied with for first place in Division Three with Sydney. This knocks him down into third because Sydney also lost to Eric in an absolute heartbreak, 93.52 to 92.5. This was a rivalry game. We talked about this game coming into the week. Uh, some monetary implications on the line here. And so Eric... Uh, despite Tyler Bass scoring minus two points, uh, managed to pull out the win thanks to Kadarius Tony's frankly kind of terrible stat line. I think he went seven for 40, so seven receptions, 40 yards, almost got as many points off the half points per reception. That was the difference in this one. He wins by 1.02 points. Uh, the real tragedy for Sydney is that he has three quarterbacks on his roster. If he would have started any of them, either Cam Newton or Carson Wentz, Instead of Derek Carr, he just had to choose either of the other two. He would have won this game. Now, mind you, if Eric would have made the wrong quarterback choice and instead chosen Russell Wilson instead of Ryan Tannehill, this game would have only been decided by 0.2 points. So Eric gets the win in this one thanks to the right plays down the board. Uh, then we're going to kick it back over to Mark's game where Mark won 121-76 to 76 over Adithia. This was a huge game for Mark. This was a statement when this shows what Mark's ceiling is. And more importantly, with Tom and Sydney both losing, Mark takes over first place of Division Three and controls his own destiny heading into the final week of the regular season. We'll talk about that more later. Um, but perhaps, I mean, Mark was going to make the playoffs no matter what. Also in Conference 2, though, Noodle winning 136 to 77. This is a four and noodle improves to four and seven stops a four game skid, but he's not a four and seven team when it comes to scoring. He's top 10 in the league in scoring 136 points this week. It really shows you what his ceiling is and it has to just be absolutely terrifying to any team that might end up facing him in the playoffs. So uh, that's your week 11 recap for you. Um, I guess shout out to Travis. He was coming into the week two and eight, facing a solid team in Linnea, top eight in scoring. Uh, and his team somehow found a way to get it done with perhaps one of the more astute defensive performances in league history, winning 43 to 38.86. So uh, Travis doesn't stop fighting. Uh, he did recognize that he had a tight end on by, so he removed the tight end from his lineup as he should. 
he just didn't replace them. No points there, no points from his flex, no points from his kicker. So an unfortunate occurrence for him, but hey, uh, he gets the win and that's what counts. So with that, we will move on to our week 12 outlook. So I'm going to pause here to take a drink of water. I don't know what I'm supposed to do this. It was just me. How do radio hosts do that? Do they play ads? this podcast is sponsored by Zach Zenner, the man, the myth, the legend himself. But um, all right, with that, we will hop on into our week 12 matchup previews and picks. So it looks like uh, Christian's the only one who actually made his picks for week 12 this week. So I guess he can get some uh, part-time paid time off. We'll give that to him. But without further ado, we will jump on into the week 12 matchups that matter, which is frankly all of them. And starting that off is my matchup versus Linnea. So I come in at 7-4. and four. Linnea sits at 4-7. and seven. Both teams secure in their playoff spots. I'm projected for 108 points. Linnea only for 92. Um, really, it's the depth on my team that probably gives me the edge here. Linnea is going to need a big performance from Michael Gallup uh, with the injury. or he, uh, Amari Cooper is on the COVID list. CD Lamb's questionable with a concussion. So if Gallup can put up some big points, that will be big for her. She also will need probably the Bills defense to put up one of their signature 15 or 20 point wins or 20 point weeks and then Josh Allen to come out strong. But otherwise from top down, Brady, McCaffrey, Mike Evans, it's been it's been a strong force. But um, I will need to win this week if I want to have a shot at winning the division. And for me to even have a shot, though, it's going to come down to the game between Rafi and Blake. And so Blake comes in at six and five. Rafi comes in at eight and three. Rafi's in the midst of a six-game winning streak. So started the season two and three, won six straight, defending Super Bowl champion. Uh, basically an identical narrative to the Chiefs at this point. But unfortunately for Rafi, in the week that perhaps it matters most, Patrick Mahomes is going to be on by, along with his kicker Harrison Butker. It is running back James Conner, and so it's going to be interesting to see how this team can respond without those pieces. Uh, he doesn't have a backup kicker. He doesn't have a backup quarterback at this point, so he's going to be need to make those adjustments, and he's going to have to hope that there's fruit on the waiver wire to pick. Meanwhile, Blake comes in with a team that is more or less good to go. He should be fine in filling all of the spots he needs. Uh, I mean, on a given week where everyone's playing, I think Rafi's team definitely has the edge. He's shown that throughout the season, but Blake catches him at the right time. And so I personally have Blake winning this week, as does Christian. And so with that, then we'll move into our next matchup between Jason and RJ. And we have the number one ranked scoring offense against the number 20th ranked scoring offense. And I mean, I hate to say it, but there's a realistic chance that Jason even blows RJ out worse than he blew out Blake last week. And that that is saying something. Last week, 110-point blowout. 
um, you could see this hitting record proportions. And so RJ, he he really doesn't have a running back at this point, aside from Melvin Gordon. He does get him back off of bye, so that will be big, along with Tim Patrick. Uh, so maybe there's some hope there. But this is a team that has gotten injured and just gotten plagued by difficulties throughout the year, including Calvin Dirtley. And this obviously is not the way you want to follow up a second-place league performance campaign. Um, but RJ will have to take the number one lottery selection in next year's draft and probably try and have to see what he can work with it. Um, obviously, with the lottery, you're not guaranteed that number one uh, pick selection, getting to choose where your pick is, but he should have the best odds to get to try and position himself well for next season. Uh, Jason, meanwhile, 10 and 1. I mean, I, I think this has been pretty obvious from like week two or week three onward. But a failure to win a championship for Jason in this season would, I mean, just without a championship, the season is a failure. There really is no other way to say it. There, there is no reason that this team should lose a single game um, and that it should lose in the playoffs. It just, it would be unacceptable. Uh, there probably would be calls for Jason to resign or be fired from managing a team in this league if he's not able to get that job done he's won five straight uh the only team that has even come or the only team that has beaten him this season is Rafi no other team has come really that close aside from Christian uh a couple weeks ago and so I mean are there some scary teams in conference one yes but with that number one seed, he should be able to escape. He should really only need to win one major game, and that would be the conference championship. And, I mean, aside from his players all uh, co coincidingly just putting up their worst games of the season, it's just hard to see how this team fails to score less than 100 points. So you would really need, an opponent would really need a performance like what Jonathan Taylor had this past week of 51 points to actually have a shot at beating Jason. The only other chance is that Jason at quarterback could be in trouble. He seems to have found the guy in Trevor Simeon. Uh, it'll be interesting to see if Trevor Simeon has what it takes to win a 20-person league championship. But hey, we've seen different quarterbacks do it before, and it's definitely possible. So Jason, clearly the, the heavy, heavy favorite to win the league title at this point. So moving on then. We get to a game between two teams that are on the complete opposite end of the momentum swing. Uh, Christian is five and six. He's lost his last four since losing Derrick Henry. He started the season five and two. Adam, meanwhile, is four and seven on two-game win streak. He seems to have really turned his season around. Christian and I both like Adam in this game. It appears, yes, yes, it is. Uh, we both like Adam. However, Christian favored by five points. Um, really just a lack of faith in Christian's team and his ability to perform at this point, it seems like. However, that doesn't mean you can count them out. This is a team that is complete. Christian's team we're talking about. It just doesn't have any stars. It just doesn't have that player that can score on average 20 to 25 points. And so really, if for Christian to make a playoff run, he's going to need all of his players to contribute to their maximum potential on a week-by-week -week basis. And really, that's going to end up starting with this week because if he can get a win and either Blake loses or some other things work out the way he needs them to, he could get a bye into that week four. He could escape that playing game, and that really has to be the goal at this point. Meanwhile, Adam, uh, he's essentially secured his playoff spot with the wins over the last two weeks over RJ and Travis, and so those have been big for him. 
Um, and so now, honestly, this is a team that's scary. This is not a team that I would want to play in the playing game or even that se- that first week of the so, quote-unquote actual playoffs. Jalen Hurts has been, albeit terrible in the NFL, but a great fantasy weapon. And he's got two of the best wide receivers in the league, in Devonta Adams and A.J. Brown. If both of them can stay healthy and both of their quarterbacks can stay healthy and they're not plagued by COVID or by the wind or by the rain or the weather, then this is a team that could potentially upset and make a deep playoff run. Think Rafi circa 2016. So Adam, uh, we like Adam in this one, but it should be tight. It should be close. And so that brings us to our last matchup in conference one this week, and that is Travis versus Trevor. And so Travis right now comes in at three and eight, Trevor at four and seven. Travis, only a game out of the record, only a game out of what the playoffs are, but he is an abysmal points for. His season is basically over. He's playing for pride. Um, Unless he beats Trevor by like 80 points, it's really for nothing. But hey, you got to try. He's projected to win by 20 right now. Crazier things have happened. He needs to set a lineup. That is going to be key number one. He needs to hope that Trevor doesn't check his lineup. You never know. Uh, crazier things have happened. And so we, Christian and I both like Trevor, or, 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 I'm sorry, Travis in this one, but uh, it will remain to be seen um, whether this game actually ends up having real playoff implications. And so with that, then we'll hop on over to conference two. And so in conference two, This first game is easily the biggest game of Conference 2. Why? It is Mark versus Sydney. Mark in first place of Division 3, Sydney in second place. They're both 6-5. and They're 6th and 7th overall in the league. Basically, winner gets a bye to the second round. The winner wins the division. Winner gets to choose their division and take part of that historic divisional draft next season. I mean, everything is on the line here. Uh, it is it is going to be the it's basically the playoffs start a week early and the winner gets to go and take that by to week 15 and the loser may end up having to play in the play in tournament if uh, depending on Tom's result. But right now, Mark is favored 100 to 89. Uh, Christian personally likes Mark in this one. I think that Sydney will pull it out. That said, I've chosen Sydney every week and part of my decision is based on the fact that I've voted for Sydney in all 12 weeks and kind of wanted that that nice full circle solidarity with that uh, pick. And so honestly, Mark's team probably looks like it has the edge this week. He's got Justin Herbert, Cooper Cup, Justin Jefferson, and Tyreek. No, I'm sorry, Tyreek Hill's on bye this week. So this might be Sydney's opportunity to strike there while LaVisca Chenault is in. But frankly, Mark picking up Deontay Foreman and Ramondre Stevenson in the last three weeks off waivers has really been what's allowed him to propel his team to the next level and put him as a competitive threat in the playoffs this past few weeks. He is on a three-game winning streak. Uh, Meanwhile, Sydney last week had his uh, four-game win streak, or five-game win streak, I'm sorry, uh, hit off by Eric, and so he will look to rebound again. Look, this is something that's going to plague Sydney probably for the rest of the season, and that's going to be what quarterback do you play? Do you play Derek Carr against Dallas on Thursday? Do you play Cam Newton against Miami on Sunday? Or do you play Carson Wentz against Tampa Bay on Sunday? And these are decisions that he's going to have to make, and he's going to have to make correctly. If he doesn't, it's probably going to cost him the division, and it's probably going to cost him in the playoffs. So he's going to need to figure out uh, that quarterback controversy sooner rather than later. 
And so then let's bounce it over to our second game, which is a matchup between Michael and Josh. And make no mistake, these are two 4-7 and seven teams, but there are all of the playoff implications on the line. Michael's probably going to need a win here to get in. It's not looking great. Noodle's a 25-point favorite. Uh, Noodle thinks the points for is an all-but-guarantee, but you know he's going to be wanting to try and move up the standings and earn a better play-in-rank spot uh, just for a better matchup there in that first play-in round. And so I think we both, Christian and I, think he gets it here. Um, Chris, er, Noodle has a very complete running back squad in Ezekiel Elliott, DeAndre Swift, and Miles Gaskin, and they're all healthy now which is big. Chase Claypool comes back from injury. Rob Gronkowski comes back from injury. Make no mistake, this is a team that, when healthy, will be very competitive, and they seem to have gotten healthy right at the right time. Um, weeks 4 through 10 were rough for them. There's no lying about it. Uh, meanwhile, it appears the injury bug has hit Michael at just the wrong time. He's lost Michael Carter, which was his number one running back for the majority of the season. Even with Joe Mixon, Michael Carter had kind of broken out over the last four weeks. Um, and Rodrigo Blankenship remains Michael's true and trusted kicker despite being on the IR. So it uh, looks like Michael's season might be heading for an end, but uh, Noodle should be able to take this one, should be able to breeze into the playoffs. We'll see where he lands. And so then... We get to Eric, and Eric plays Tom. It's an interdivisional game, but still some very large implications. Eric is tied for the division lead with Jacob, uh, but Jacob has 20 points more than he does in points for. So Eric's not only going to need to keep pace with Jacob if Jacob wins, but he could still steal that division lead if he outscores Jacob by more than 20 points. Uh, it looks like he should be able to beat Tom in this one. He's projected 95. Thomas projected only 69.36. Uh, and so it really does look like Eric should be able to take this one. Let's see if Tom has anyone that he could really throw in there. Uh, what's really hurt Tom down this stretch has been the Alvin Kamara injury. And without getting Alvin Kamara back, it really does seem like an uphill battle for Tom. He's lost two straight. Uh, his At six and three, it really did seem like he was in control of this division until he lost Kamara. And so Tom's really going to have to hope that he can either hold on and salvage a win here and get a bye to week 14, or if he's in the playing game, he's really going to have to hope that Kamara is back by next week. Uh, with Kamara, his team is complete. Uh, otherwise, he's kind of stuck playing backup running backs for that RB2 spot, and he's already got Kenyon Drake right now in his first running back spot, which he's serviceable, but he's not who you're going to want to be winning games with in the playoffs. So meanwhile... Eric has a couple of injuries to deal with of his own. Mark Ingram, Darnell Mooney. Uh, that could potentially flip this game, but it looks like both players are trending in the right direction. Both play on Thursday, though, so it could be interesting that way. But um, Christian and I both like Eric in this one as well. And so then the other game that matters in Division 4, at least the most, is Jacob versus Adithia. And Christian favors Adithia in this one. I favored Jacob. Uh, it's right now Adithia's got a line of 88 to 65. Uh, there is basically one major reason, though, and that is that Jacob currently doesn't have a quarterback. I expect Jacob to make some moves for a quarterback. Um, and no real reason to be mysterious about it, but I am making a move with Jacob as long as it is approved by Sydney, which I don't see any reason why it wouldn't be. I don't know if this is considered tampering or collusion for the commissioner to be controlling the media source, but if you have an issue with it, you're welcome to join the podcast sometime. 
uh, by all means, please be our guest. And so Jacob, with that, should be able to fill out the rest of his team. Uh, it, it'll be competitive. Adithia has had a good run down the past couple of weeks. He lost last week, but before that, he notched a couple of quality wins against good teams, uh, including Linnea. And so I would expect that Adithia will give Jacob a real run for his money in this one. Uh, Adithia, if Sam or Michael wins, Adithia, and we'll, we'll cover all the playoff scenarios. I'm probably just teasing it here, but Adithia is either going to have to score enough points to maintain that spot or he's going to need to win here. So he has everything to play for. Uh, as does Sam against Hunter. And so Christian and I both favor Hunter in this one. He's projected to win 88 to 75. Sam still missing Aaron Jones. I mean, you could say that he was the, he's been the difference maker. Him being out kind of like Kamara for Tom um, has really hurt his chances down the stretch. Meanwhile, Hunter seems to have found his, found his uh, perfect spot right at the right time. And so you've got Tua playing well all of a sudden, and he's back from injury. James Robinson, Hunter, still got Austin Eckler. Michael Williams kind of had a get-right game last week. And Hunter Henry has kind of been the unspoken hero for Hunter, uh, which is maybe the namesake. You never know. The two have some type of bond. But Hunter Henry has scored seven touchdowns in the last seven games, uh, something you really don't expect out of a, a tight end on the Patriots. Um, ever since Rob Gronkowski left. And so Hunter Henry, number seven tight end in the league. If he can continue to perform, those are some sneaky points for Hunter that he just keeps making up every single week. And so with that, that wraps up our week 12 picks and uh, matchup previews. And so with that, we will get into our signature playoff preview segment. And this week, it'll be a special playoff picture segment because the playoffs are just one week away. What needs to happen for your team to make the playoffs? Find out in just a minute. And so here we go for the playoff picture segment in conference one. Jason has locked it up. He's tight in one. He's got home field advantage throughout the playoffs in this conference. Uh, that's going to leave the battle for the number two seed in the other bye between Rafi and Jackson. Rafi facing Blake this week. Jackson facing Linnea. Rafi is eight and three. Jackson is seven and seven and four. But Jackson has a hundred point points for advantage. And so Rafi needs to win to secure that spot. Or with the Jackson loss, Rafi would maintain the number two seed but if Jackson wins Rafi loses Jackson will steal that spot from him all right then we go to Jackson he's or the number three spot Jackson's locked at least a first round by into week 14 and however then we've got Blake at six and five the only person who can steal that from him is Christian at five and six similar scenario Christian would need Rafi to beat Blake and for Christian to win in order to overtake Blake on points four Christian cannot just do it with a win in a Blake win. So Blake in the in the driver's seat there uh, with the five, six, seven spots. Basically, you have Christian at five and six, Linnea at four and seven, Trevor at four and seven, Adam at four and seven. Really, there is no way because of Travis's dismal points for for him to take over that final eighth spot. So it'll just be between these four teams. 
uh, how the matchups will shake up will depend on this week's results, but it'll be those four teams most likely in those playoff matchups, unless Christian can sneak one in with Blake, so substitute those out. Otherwise, um, if we like Adam winning this week, it could be a couple different scenarios. All right, then on to conference two. In the number one seed right now is Jacob, but right on his heels is Eric, both of them at nine and two. Jacob with only 22 points for more than Eric. And so this is something you're gonna have to be watching all weekend long. Not only are J if Jacob and Eric are winning, but with how many points are they scoring? Because they could both win and Eric could still take the division even without that. It doesn't care if it's that about the head-to-head -head score unless they were to tie on points four, in which case the head-to-head -head score would go to Jacob. It sounds like a crazy scenario, but honestly, if there's ever been a season where it could happen, it is this one. Then on to division three, we have the number two spot, which would go to the team in the uh, with the other division leader uh, with that by to week 15. That comes down to Mark and Sydney. We talked about this. Uh, basically, the winner of this game is going to decide who wins that division, unless unless Sydney wins this matchup over Mark and Tom manages to win his game and outscore Sydney by 37 points. It sounds unlikely, but it is possible. So for Tom, if you want to win your division, you need Sydney to beat Mark, and then you need to beat Eric and score 37 more points than Mark. All right, sorry, than Sydney in those games. Otherwise, Sydney, you win, you're in to that week 15 bye. Mark, you win, you're into that week 15 bye. Also should be said, if both Jacob and Eric lose, and Eric finds a way to score 22 more points than Jacob, it doesn't matter, same scenario. Those are all different ways that these teams can find a way to win their divisions. Here we go then to the three and four spot in the buys out of the playing game into week 14. This is where it gets interesting. J Eric and Jacob, whoever loses their division is going to be locked into that number three seed. However, that number four seed between Tom and Sydney and Mark, basically whoever doesn't win the division, it's gonna be between the two that don't. And so if Mark loses to Sydney, then Sydney essentially is going to get the division unless Tom gets that weird point scenario. And then Mark is going to for sure get that number four spot because he has way more points for than Tom. Meanwhile though, if Mark wins, then it's gonna come down to if, if Mark wins and Tom wins, then Tom will get that number four spot. If Mark wins and Tom loses, and Tom loses as well, then Sydney and Tom would both be six and six. And then it comes down to whether if Hunter wins, and if Hunter goes to six and six, then actually it's Hunter who has the points for advantage, and that'll become quite the cluster. So Hunter, if Hunter wins, he could actually get that final fourth spot over both Sydney and Tom because of his he has 19 more points for than Sydney and about 57 points for more than Tom. Uh, and so it could, it could get kind of messy there. And so that being said though, Hunter, uh, Tom, and Sydney have all guaranteed their playoff spot. And so then it gets down to the last playoff spots. And you have basically a four-way tie between Noodle, Adithia, Michael, and Sam for the last two playoff spots. Now, the number seven seed will be determined by the team with the best record. So if one of these teams improves to five and seven this week and the others don't, that team gets in, that's all that matters. The number eight seed, however, will be determined by points four. So I'll read them off to you. Noodle right now, 1,061 points four. Adithia, 885 points four. 
Michael 850, Sam 838. So if Noodle loses and gets dropped into those bottom three by the other teams, it's easily going to be Noodle's spot for the taking. However, if Noodle wins and it bounces Adithia, Michael, and Sam into those bottom three spots, it's got it's the favor is in Adithia's the ball's in Adithia's court right now, and it'll be up to Michael and Sam to overcome that deficit this week. So, Adithia, gotta feel good about your chances, but a win is the only way that you secure that playoff spot. So, with that. Uh, that wraps up kind of our playoff picture segment here. If you have any questions about how playoffs work, I'll walk through it one more time. Basically, week 12, this upcoming week, last week of the regular season. Next week, week 13, the fifth seed will play the eighth seed, and the sixth seed will play the seventh seed in both conferences. The winners of those games will advance to week 14, where the third and fourth seed from each conference will play the winners from week 13. Then the winners of those games in week 15, we'll play the one and two seed of each conference, which will be the division winners. The winners of those games proceed to the conference championships in week 16, and then we have our league championship in week 17. Uh, 18, 18 week season this year, so plenty of extra time for football. I think it'll be right around New Year's. Maybe get the league together for a celebration around that time. Who knows? So with that, uh, we don't have Jason on today for... Uh, a segment of what the heck is going on here. Um, I think we probably all know what the heck is going on here. Jason, Eric, and Christian are are gone for the holidays, and that's probably a good thing. It's important to have a, a nice uh, personal life balance with the, the league podcast. We know we, we have draining hours, but, but hey, sometimes you just got to do what's best for you. So with that, we will wrap it up. Thank you so much for listening this week. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving. Have a wonderful couple of days off. Say hi to your families from all of us, and we will hopefully hear from you soon. Bye.